Yo, this is Pastor Teeter here, welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And so today we're going to look at one of the things, well, not one, some of the things that sometimes makes it hard to follow through with our faith. And that's the internal struggle and questions that we have, especially when we question our faith and God. I mean, that's a crazy obstacle right there. And so we're going to look at that right now as we continue our series called Grounding so that we can make sure that we are grounded people that are sure and confident, not only about what we believe, but who we believe in. With me, we're going to read out of Psalm 77 today. We're going to read a whole psalm. And, and we're just started last week. We just started a series called Grounding. And that series, grounding, comes from that adjective of being a grounded person, which if you've ever heard of that description, we said uh, someone who is grounded is somebody who is confident, right? Somebody who is so sure of themselves and somebody who is unshakable because of that truth that they know and, and because of whatever they're confident in gives them a sense of balance. And that's our heart is that how can we continue to be grounded in who God is, grounded in the truth so that we, because our God is unshakable, our God is unstoppable, and it is in him that we can find that grounding and that peace where we can get that unshakable hope. And that's important because, let's be real, there's going to be times when our life and even our faith is shaken. That's real. Sometimes, man, things happen, right? You get those, that surprise. You get that surprise and that just your life is shaken. Everything of what you believe, the foundation of who you are, even some of us, our faith is shaken, right? When you see that one thing that you didn't expect, right, and now you have to deal with this. Something that it was a surprise that you didn't do anything to cause this. It just happened, right? And you then that's when we have that maybe we wrestle with what we believe and who we are, right? When you get that report. When you, get, when you get laid off, when you get that, you know, you find this out about, you know, something happened with your kid or, or something is happening here, right? You get that report, you get that, you know, that negative medical report, and you get this surprise like, oh, whoa, what now? And that it shakes your life and even can shake your faith, right? The surprises can do that to you. But you know what else can do that? I know I'm, I've had a few of the surprises. Anybody here had some surprises that you're like, uh-oh, right? Just made you pause for a minute, Right? Keeps you off balance. Another one is uh, suspense. Not so much what happens that you didn't expect, but sometimes things not happening that you think should happen, right? Sometimes God leaves us in this sense of suspense and you're wondering, whoa, how, how come things aren't happening? That, you're, that's the surprise, right? What's not happening? And I know, I know I'm not the only one who see, sometimes has felt, God, I feel like this relationship was a little one-sided here, Right? Like, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to do my part. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to find you and look at, look at everything that's happening around me. Like, well, what's going on here? Sometimes there's that suspense when you feel like, you, it doesn't even feel like God is listening to you. And it feels like, where did God go? Again, I'm not the only one, right, who's ever been felt and your faith and life has been shaken in the middle of a suspense. Am I? Am I? Because if, if your pastor isn't, uh-oh, then what's the situation? But listen, I'm, no, I'm not the only one. So you got the surprises, you got the suspense, then you got the setbacks. Then you got the setbacks, right? Where you do something, and then, or you're living your life a kind of way, and then you kind of maybe lose your way. And now you find yourself further behind than where you were. I know I'm not the only one whose life 
And even faith has been shaken when you look in the present and look back at your past and be like, you know, what happened to me? I, I'm, I remember, man, I was on fire for God back then compared to where I am now. And I, I, I was a little different. I was better. I was a better person then. And now how did I find myself in this position? And it's in those moments, not only that your life, but sometimes even your faith can be shaken. Like, does God still love? Does God still care? What do I do now? Is there still hope even for me? Listen, we all have these little moments. We all have these moments that can cause our life and even our faith to be shaken. But see, this is kind of like one. I love this description. It's, I mean, it's a sports description sometimes when you hear that, uh, that defense that they're described as it's a bend but don't break defense, right? Something like that. They, you know, they, they give up some yards here and there, but they don't give up a score. And listen, with us, life is going to cause and things to happen that maybe our faith might bend. But if we are grounded in God, we don't break. And if we do break and if God causes something to break, it is by his hand. And sometimes God needs to break you in order to, for you to experience some breakthrough. That's not a fun word to hear, but it's a true one. Sometimes you have to experience, sometimes God has to break you in order to break through and get through to you. And that's, in the moment, it's not fun. It's in the moment, it's not fun. I remember every time we used to take our little kids, right, to, to the doctors to get their shot. Oh, my gosh, right? It was like they were being murdered, right, in front of And then there they are looking at us like, this stranger is stabbing me. Dad, what are you doing? You're just standing there. What's going? You're holding me down? Oh, my gosh. Like, what are you doing here? Right? The kid doesn't understand that. They just understand the pain. They don't understand the benefit that, hey, we're trying to help you. And there's moments like that, guys, that I know it's not easy. It's, it's, it's hard to be able to, where is God in those moments? Where's God in those moments? So some of you guys probably are in the middle of a shaking right now. And maybe some of you guys are fine. Well, guess what? Something is going to happen. You're going to experience a kind of surprise or a setback or some suspense that's going to make you kind of like, whoa, buckle a little bit under the pressure. And you're going to be glad that you found your way to address that even now. All right? Because, look, evil, frustration, disappointment, all of those things can help us to lose. They can hurt us in causing us to lose our balance. And that's when we fall into pits of despair. Worry, fear, anxiety. And it's in those moments, guys, that we need to learn how to remember God's faithfulness. Make that shift so that we can regain our footing. And so we're going to look at a psalm today where this was happening. And you're going to notice a shift that has happened. And he's talking to God now. You have, kept, you have kept me from closing my eyes. I am troubled. I can't speak I considered the days of old and years long past at night. I remember my music. I remember the songs that we used to sing to you and about you. I meditate in my heart and my spirit now ponders. And now this is, he's thinking to himself. Will the Lord reject? Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever? Is his promise at an end for all generations, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? So I say, I am grieved that the right hand of the Most High has changed. But I will remember. 
I will remember the Lord's work. Yes, yeah, I, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. What God is great like God. You are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among your people. With power you redeemed your people. The descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Oh, the water saw you, God. The water saw you and it trembled. Even the depth shook. The clouds poured down water and the storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind, lighting up the world. The earth shook and quaked. Your way went through the sea and your path through the vast waters. But your footprints man, were unseen. And you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And scene. Okay, there, anyway, so here we go. So with that, I want you to look at this, okay? What we see here, this, this psalm is titled Confidence in a Time of Crisis. What we don't know is what is the crisis. Well, let's be real. From the context here, we don't know what's going down. It is an unknown crisis. And by the way, this is not just a personal crisis. This isn't just a guy having a bad day. The Hebrew language, I know some of it we look at it and it's kind of like singular, but this language is actually written in the plural. So this is not only the cry of one man, this is really the cry of a nation. This is a plural cry, a plural wrestling with God. And what's, what I love about that, not only is it a plural thing, but it's also an unknown crisis. It shows us right there, right, that this is a universal feeling, right? What this person is going through, what these people are going through is what we all go through. Right? We all go through circumstances, we all go through life, and none of us can really figure everything out. Right? We don't always know why. We won't always give a, you know, God won't always give a reason. Things just happen, right? For, and there's just certain things. And in God, he knows, but sometimes it's hard for us. So this is a universal frustration. Whether you don't know what has caused the problem, and you don't know why God is not doing things, or why he's allowed it, or you don't even know how to get out of this. This is a universal feeling. We've all felt this. We've all gone through this. But what's interesting is that here, did you notice that at the beginning, this person is, and these people, they are unable to find comfort even in their religious activity. Y'all catch that? They're not, they, they, he's realizing Man, I'm praying, but I'm not, I'm not being comforted by prayer. I'm not being, I remember the songs that I would sing, but I, I'm not being comforted in these things. See, that's important, guys, because we cannot find comfort in life and sustainability in our religious activities. It is the object of our religious activities that gives us that comfort. It is in the object, not in the actual substance of it. And so here they are unable to find comfort, and they're asking these why questions. I know you had some of these. Some of you might be asking them right now. They had the ask the why. I'm going to rephrase some of them. This is, look at, I mean, there's so many questions in the psalm. These are the questions that they ask. Why is God not expressing his love to me? Anybody felt that one before? Where's God's love? I don't feel his love. I keep, you know, God is love and God is love, but I don't feel that. Why isn't he doing it? Why is God not expressing his love? Why is God allowing my current circumstance? Why is he permitting this? Uh, another one, I don't know if you caught it. Yo, why is God mad? Why is he mad? Now, this isn't like a sarcastic mad because, see, when they mentioned his anger, they know that the people of Israel knew that God reacts this way in response to sin. So, in essence, he's saying, wait, did we just, did, 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 did we cause God to be upset? Did we do something, right? Did we do something? 
I don't, you know, I, I've had those moments sometimes, you know, when I want to make sure, you know, if my wife's having a bad day, I'm like, wait, did I do something? Did I not do something? Okay, that's not me. All right, cool. All right, and so I, I get that, right? I get that. So here he's saying, oh, is God mad? And if he is, why? I mean, there's another question I pretty much asked is, what have we done to deserve this? But this is not a sarcastic one. Again, this was a sincere one. It was like, if we have sinned against God, I, we need to know so we can repent. Because well, what have we done to deserve this? That's a question that they were wrestling with. And the heaviest one, I don't know if y'all caught this one. It was the final question that he asked. Has God changed? Did you catch that one? That was a real concern because they, they were confused. They were like, has God changed? Like, did, did God wake up this morning on the wrong side of the bed and didn't tell us? You know, did, did, you know, we didn't get the notification. We didn't get the email. We didn't get the text message. We didn't get the blast, a pair, you know, uh, carrier pigeon, nothing. We, I mean, did something happen and no one tell us? You know, that's kind of what's going down. Did God change or decide to do and be different all of a sudden? And we, he didn't bother to let us know. Like, there, there's a big struggle here. And that last question, when he arrives to that question, that's really... The core, because they are questioning God's character. Has he changed? Because he said he never would. He said he never would. That is who he is. And they are sincerely wrestling with that question. Has he changed? I want you to pause for a second. I want you to see something beautiful here. The fact that God not only has inspired but has preserved this psalm, this cry, this complaint in the scriptures, is, is a great lesson for us. It shows us that God is not offended by our cries. You know, expressing your feelings, there's a little, it's, it's valid. Expressing your feelings is valid. But learning how to walk by faith and not by feelings, that's vital. That's the important one there. How do we wrestle? What do we do with all these feelings? And so that last question, guys, has God changed? He answered his question. I don't know if you caught it. Because right when he says that one conclusion, he gets to that question, something shifts in the language in verse 11. Has he changed? And that's, that's when he declares, on the way, I, I remember. That's right, I remember. And I will remember. That is the, the, the declaration there. He's looking back at the past and he's looking at, you know, kind of like reliving the glory days, right? We ever done that? You ever, you know, you look back and you relive in the glory days of high school, live in the glory days, right? When you had, you know, whatever, maybe that banging body or this or that. Live in the glory days, right? When, when you had this, you had that. And then you, you do that. I'm like, oh, wow. And then you, oh, man. And then, all right, you look at your circumstance. I'm like, it's kind of like depressing. It feels good for a minute and then kind of depressing. So, in essence, he's reliving the glory days. He's looking back and he's like, but the circumstances are like, today are not like that. But then he finds an answer to the question, has God changed? When he begins to say, I will remember, he finds and he remembers the answer is, nope. Has God changed? <laughs> what am I thinking? No. No, he hasn't. And now he looks back at the past, but now he's looking at things differently. He's looking at those things. He's looking at moments when God has revealed himself. When there was times in Israel's history, because these were Jews that were writing this, they were remembering, wait a minute, we've been here before. We've been here in these moments when we felt God was nowhere, and all of a sudden, God made a way where there was no way. Like, I remember those moments we felt here. We have been here before. When we didn't know, is God listening? But yet we found out he was. When we were like, is God silent? Is he still? No, he's not. He was active. We have been here before, and our God never once in history has proven 
that he is un- unworthy, untr- uh, you know, not worthy of our trust, that he has never failed and he is completely faithful. I, I remember that, and, I- and that's what he's holding on to now. That's what he's holding on to. And he goes, I will remember he was able to find comfort in the past in who God was and what God has done. Guys, I want you to know, that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing right now, right? We are looking at the past, something that was written and said. Why? To find comfort. We look into the past and we find comfort for the present. That's what we're doing. We are doing exactly what they are doing now. And so here, they start going, and I don't know if you caught the repetitive words, guys. Every time you see in the Bible a lot of repetition, that's important. Hey, God's trying to get you and trying to say something. And those words were remember and meditate, right? They came up a lot in that song. Oh, I remember, I remember certain things. But then when his mind shifted to, but I remember who you are. I remember what you have done. When he was remember and meditating, guys, meditating, you know what that is, right? It's just literally you are laser focused, mesmerized by something, mesmerized by one thing. That's what it is. And he, when he begins to remember and meditate on who God is, something begins to shift in the inside of him. The fear and the anxiety and the worry begins to shift and melt in the presence of the truth of who God is. That's what was happening. And it's at the core of who he is. And I'm going to give you two of the most random examples, a positive and a negative. One, his name is Harland. I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this dude's name, Harland Popov. And the other one is Riley from Inside Out. All right? I'm sure you, some of you guys have seen the Disney movie, Riley, if you have. If not, I got you. But listen. Harland Popov was a man who was persecuted, abused, tortured for his faith in Bulgaria for 13 years under the communist oppression that was going on in that land. And this is in recent times, in the last, you know, handful of decades. So this is not like a thousand years ago. 13 years taken from his family, taken from his church, taken from his town. And the thing is, is that they were telling him, warning him, yo, don't, you got to stop talking about Jesus. You got to stop telling people, stop converting these guys, stop doing this, or else we're going to throw you in jail. And you know what happens when we throw people in jail. You don't come out. If you don't come out alive, you might come out, but you can come out different. You ain't going to come out the same. And he did it anyways because he was like, how can I deny the very God that did not deny the cross and did not deny my request when I asked him to forgive me of my sins? How can I deny him? No, I'm going to live. I'm going to share the life that I have. I'm going to share the gift. And by the way, his, his, uh, his life was put into a movie, and it's on Amazon Prime. So if, so if you guys don't know what to watch later today... I, it, uh, check it out. Amazon Prime is called Tortured for Christ. And that's, the, that's his story that was in there. Okay? Some, look at, some of y'all looking at putting it watch list. Right? Some of y'all doing it right now. That's okay. All right. That's okay. But listen, what's amazing about his life and what he was, he was saying, was like, you know what? If I keep doing this, I'm going to go to jail. But you know what? That's okay. But what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to do my best to memorize as much of the scriptures as possible. Because when I get into that dark place, I have nothing to hold on to but my God. So my boy went and memorized 47 chapters, word for word in the Bible. He who's just consuming God's word, memorizing God's word, doing all that he could because he knew they're going to take this book away from me. But if I can hide this word in my heart, they might take the book away from me, but they're not going to take my hope away from me. Right. They might take my liberties away, but they're not going to take the life that God has given me away. Right. They're not, they might take away my wife and my this, but they're not going to take away my joy that I have in Christ because nothing can separate me from the love of my God. So my boy, my, uh, this guy, this guy was going in. 
This guy was going in on the scriptures, going in. He was going, he was just eating, 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 memorizing as much as he could. And that, it was the word, it was who God was. It was God's word, his character that helped him endure torture, endure the loneliness, the isolation that came about for the persecution. That, that's what he had. That's all he held on to, and that's all he needed. That helped him because it gave him that balance. He was grounded in God, grounded in the truth. And no matter how many times they hit him, no matter how many times they hurt him, his faith was unshakable because he was grounded, anchored from the inside. Anchored from the inside. Now, you compare that to Riley from Inside Out. If you know anything about that show, it's a movie, and, and it, you know, she's dealing with a lot of things, right? She's put in stressful situations. Her family is moving from, one, from her hometown to another. All this stressful stuff that's happening. But what happens is that she loses her core memories, and that's really the problem. She loses her core memories, which her core memories gave her her identity on who she was. And because she had no core memories, she had no anchor for her soul. So every time things would happen, she was just out of control, right? And she was wrestling and struggling, literally just like, you know, imagine just a, a, a balloon just kind of like floating out and just all around by the wind and the, you know, whatever. That, that was her life until her core memories were restored and she was anchored. See, that's us, guys, without, without Christ. When we don't have God's word in our heart, when we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, we are nothing but just a balloon that's blown away by whatever wind that comes here and there. Not anchored, not grounded, not heavy enough, not strong enough, but we're weighted down by who God is. This is what is happening. This is what's happening to the people. For the first uh, 10 verses of Psalms, uh, Psalm 77, they were, their core memories of God were being altered, were being shifted, and then they were going to those deep and dark places. Has God changed? What is happening? Is he, is he going to withhold it? Is he going to stop loving us? What is it? But then their core memory of who God is and what he has spoken and done was restored, and it anchored them, and you felt it in the rest of that psalm. That's what happened. And, and notice even the, this one phrase, and we can't lose this, on verse 13, where he goes and declares, your way is holy. God, your way is holy. You, you cannot lose sight of how powerful that statement is. Your way is holy is pretty much the nation. And this man saying, God, I don't get it. Can't figure it out. But you've proven yourself over and over again that I can trust you. I know your way is perfect. Your way is the best way. So your way is holy is, a, is literally a proclamation of trust. Like, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm in the middle of this now. God hasn't responded yet. God hasn't acted yet. But something has shifted in them because they remember, God, your ways are holy. Your way is good. Your way, I can trust you. And there was a quote that I heard that really shook me. I'm like, whoo okay, this one's a, not an easy one. So y'all got your seatbelts on, right? All right, here we go. Elizabeth Elliot, great. she had this great quote that says, God will not protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. God will not protect you from anything that will make you more like Jesus. He's not going to protect you from something that will cause you to trust in God the way Christ is. He will not cause you. He will not protect you and keep you safe from something that's going to help you to lean on the Spirit and not on yourself. He's not going to protect you from the surprises, from the setbacks, from the suspense. He's not going to protect you from these things that really are what you really want. And what you really need, he's not going to do it because he loves you. 
And that's an important thing. If God is going to allow the surprises, the setbacks, or the suspense, you know that God is still in control. If he is, a, if he is allowing it, then maybe you might not get it. You don't know why. You don't know how you're going to get out of it. But you know who he is, and he will not, he will not protect you from something that will cause you to put even more of your faith in Christ. None of it. Your way, Lord, is holy. We can't figure God out, but it doesn't mean we can't have faith in him to work things out. That's where the conclusion, that's where they're coming to that realization. And I don't know if you, if you caught it. Maybe some of you that maybe you've read the Bible, grew up in church. Maybe you caught certain things about the waves and the this and the ocean, right? That, that was a lot of Exodus language. I don't know if y'all caught that. Right, for the nation of Israel, they had this moment in history that they always had. This moment in history that they always would look to. And it was Egypt. When they were 400 years in slavery, when they wondered, has God forgotten us? Has God abandoned us? He says, no, I've always heard my cry. And I was doing something. I was doing something and allowing something, not only for the benefit of this nation, but for all the nations of the world. And when they went and they would look back at Egypt. And they would see, wow, how could God love a people like us? There was nothing that we could offer. There was nothing special like that. Yet he still loved and he delivered us. He did that amazing miracle and delivered the people of Israel from the most unlikely of circumstances. Right? And not only from Egypt with all the plagues, but then you're right, the, the ocean, the one that you, were, you, you saw a minute ago. Right? That he said your way went through the water where God would lead them to this. He led them through Moses to this body of water. And now their backs were pinned against the wall. And that was it. Egypt and Pharaoh, the whole, armies of, the whole army of Pharaoh was there. And they were about to take them out and take them back. And out of nowhere, God opens up a way where there was no way through the water. He made a way where there was no way, led them through, and then came back and just consumed the enemy and freed them. That was, by the way, when he said that your way goes through the water, but your footprints went unseen. That's what happened. God made a way and then whoop, put it back like nothing ever happened. And you know what? I think that's pretty cool. God does this. God does certain things certain ways so that you and I can't reverse engineer it. That's what that means. Because when we see God do some kind of way, you and I, we're smart. And we can look, okay, so he did this, 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 this. So if I do this, 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 I'm going to get the same result. No, no, see, we can't reverse engineer miracles. We can't reverse engineer things. God, we look to Calvary for the same comfort, knowing that if God can do that, what can't he do? If God can do that, what can't he do? And we can have that confidence in the midst of whatever crisis we may be experiencing, guys. But you need to know what, what is the foundation of that. See, our confidence as Christians, our confidence in a time of crisis is grounded in God's timeless character. It's in who he is. It's in who he is. Because see, time, this is what happens with time. You change over time. I change over time. Things change over time. Nations change. Policies change. Leaders change. People change. Circumstances change. God does not. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. Everything changes. He doesn't change. We change. He doesn't change. And we have the cross. We have Calvary to look to. And when we know that, guys, when we know that what he has done on the cross and the fact that he's declared, I'm not through with you guys yet. We have that anchor that Paul would even remind the church in, first, uh, in Philippians 1, 6. He says, for God 
is, well, no, no, I read the wrong one. He says, I am sure of this. Look at that. When we talk about being confident, sure of ourselves, sure of Christ, unshakable. In Philippians 1, 6, he says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day Christ Jesus returns. I am sure of this, Paul is saying. I am sure that what God has started in you, he's going to finish it. When we go to Christ, when we go to God, or when he returns for us. And guys, that anchor right there, I, I, know, I'm, I know I am leaving more questions unanswered, but we're answering the most important one right now. Because it doesn't matter if you're experiencing a kind of surprise that's taking you off balance or some kind of suspense that you feel like God is leaving you in or some kind of a setback that you know it's on you. You can have that anchor that our confidence is in the timeless, our confidence in the time of crisis is grounded in God's timeless character. And that we can be sure that what he has started, he will finish. It's on him to do. All we need to do is be willingly say, Lord, Get, you know, get, get to work. Your will be done. Do what you need to do in me. Like the, what, what they declare, say, God, your way is holy. I trust you. And the prayer that we need to do when we wonder and we struggle and our life is shaken or our faith is shaken, we need to have that same prayer, that same declaration that the psalmist had when he says, I will remember. I'm going to remember who Mike. I'm going to remember the times in the past. When God forgave me and restored me, and if he did that then, there's no reason why he can't do it today. I remember who he is. I remember what he has done. I will remember even though and even if. Ready? I will remember that even though I don't deserve that love, even though I don't deserve it, I know that I still bear the image of God in me. Even though... Even though I can't figure things out, even though I don't know this, even though I have more questions than answers, even though I will remember, even though things don't go or not going the way I thought they would, even though, even though I have contributed in my current circumstances and I'm here because of me, because of my stubbornness or because of my unfaithfulness or because of the games I wanted to play, even though I will remember that God is a loving God, he doesn't change and it is only in him that I can change, even though. But the other one is this one, even if. I will remember, even if my prayer goes unanswered, even if I am not healed, even if God doesn't provide the way I thought I would love for him to provide, even if he doesn't come through and pull up the way I think and wish he would, I will remember and I will remember who he is because my confidence, my confidence is rooted in the timeless character of my God. And he will not abandon me. He has not, for, he has not failed me and never will. That is that anchor that we hold to. That is the anchor that when we are grounded like that, Ladies and gentlemen, you are going to shine brighter than a glow-in-the-dark stick. All right, You are going to shine so bright. Because it's not on you. You are not doing things for you, for your benefit, for your glory, and for your ease. You are doing it because of Christ and for his glory alone. That's what we need to remember in those moments, in those in-betweens. Even though, even if, I will remember. Listen, 
We all are going to, if you're not finding it right now, I mean, if you're not finding, finding yourself in a moment when your family is being shaken, when your life is being shaken, when your confidence and your faith is being shaken, I want you to know if that is happening to you, God is allowing it to happen so that you can test your footing. Because if you feel like you're slipping, God is allowing you to experience that so you can shift over. So you can shift over and find your true grounding in him. Sometimes God will allow the foundations of our life to be shaken so that we can realize, uh-oh, I thought I was. I, maybe I've drifted a little bit. I've drifted, and so I am coming back here. Look, you guys, I'm pretty sure online. Look, I know you've probably been doing this for the last little bit. I've been watching all you guys here today. You know, you've been sitting in a chair for, you know, listening to me for close to 40 minutes. And, you know, sometimes you've gotten uncomfortable. And what do you do when you get uncomfortable? I've been watching you guys do it this whole time. You, you shift, right? I'm uncomfortable, so I'm shift. You know, I'm uncomfortable now. I'm gonna shift. Some of y'all just doing it now. I was like, I'm uncomfortable now. You're talking about it, right? And so you're uncomfortable, so you shift. Listen, in Christ and in God, the gospel and who God is, is comfort for the afflicted. I want you to know that if you feel shaken, God, the love and the hope of God brings comfort to you. But sometimes God likes to inflict and bother the comfortable. He wants to mess with you if you're comfortable so that you can learn to lean more on him, less on you, less on the things of the world. He is trying to get you to see, yo, shift a little bit, yo, scoot this way, scoot, scoot, you know, this way. That's what you need to do. And listen, and in those moments and when we feel shaken, in the moments that we feel like we're slipping, in the moments that maybe you even feel like you are free falling, listen, you, you don't got to call, you don't got to call the Calvary for help, okay? You don't got to call the Calvary for help. You don't do that. No, when you don't call the Calvary for help in those moments, no, you recall Calvary is what you need to do. You recall Calvary. You recall the cross. You recall the grave. You recall the, the fact that God had not abandoned us in our sins, but he did something so that we can be saved. And Christ in the moment, it was Saturday, right? In that moment in between the resurrection and, then, and the cross, there was that in-between suspense. Let me tell you, there was no Christians during that time. All of the apostles, all of those people, they weren't at the, at the tomb saying, y'all ready? He said it was going to happen today. All right, you got your popcorn ready? Let's go. It's going to be a show. All right, you got the countdown rolling? No, no one was there because no one believed and they thought, oh, we were wrong. We were wrong. But Jesus did it anyways. He was faithful despite their, unfa their unfaithfulness. That is who we have, guys. This is who we have. We don't need the Calvary for help. No, we recall Calvary and we remember that our hope is rooted. Not in our ideas, not in our strength, not in our abilities. Our confidence is grounded in the timeless character of God. And there is no storm that can come our way. Okay, We might bend, but we don't break because we are in the hands of a mighty God. But you need to shift, though. You need to shift and put yourself in God's hands. You, you and I, I've done this, and I'm still tempted to do this sometimes. I try to put God in my hand and put him in my pocket so I can, you know, so I got him for when I need him. Like, all right, here's what I need, God. Here's what I, and so I try to put God in my hands. Try to control him, manipulate him. No, no, no. You need to shift and put yourself in God's hands. And you only do that by faith. Trust. He will do the rest. He will do the rest. So I want to challenge you guys. Let's, let's do that. This is, I want you to reflect for a moment. I want you just to think now, because we got a lot of people in different circumstances here. Maybe, you know what, maybe, I haven't been, maybe you feel like I haven't been talking to you for this last little bit. Right? Things are going your way. Right? 
You're going to leave out here. All the, all the street lights are going to turn green, right? When you drive up, right? Nothing's happening to you. you th- things are going. That's great. And that's awesome. If, if life is going great for you, then that's great. Take a moment now and thank God because all good gifts come from him. So if things are going great right now, take a moment right now as we're reflecting, as we're all praying online and everybody here, take a moment and appreciate what God has done for you. Take a moment and appreciate the gifts, the people that he has given you. Maybe you don't like your job, but you're, you're glad you got a job versus being unemployed or whatever, right? Or maybe you've been unemployed. I mean, God has found ways to provide still. You know, th- take a moment right now for all the good that is happening in your life. Take a moment right now and say, Lord, I thank you. And God, my prayer for those, for those that, you know, things are going good. They're kind of coasting right now, which is great. God, we praise God. We praise you for that. But, Lord, I pray that this word really sinks into their soul. May we receive this word so when our life is shaken, when we experience surprises and setbacks and suspense, Lord, we may remember who you are, that we may remember that you never change, and it is in your hands that you can do the impossible. So I pray that sinks in. But for those of you, as we're praying here, everybody online here praying together, I want you to reflect. Maybe you're experiencing some kind of surprises that are happening and you're like, I don't get it. Maybe some of you guys are are experiencing some sort of suspense that you feel like kind of, you know, God's forgotten about you. Like he's out answering everybody else's prayers, but, you know, he's just leaving your voicemail. You know, he's leaving you to voicemail. He ain't answering you. He's leaving you on mute. God's ghosting you. I want to tell you right now that is a lie. That is a lie. God Even in silence, he speaks. Even in silence, he is speaking. He will never protect you from something that will cause you to be more like Christ. So now in that moment, or even the other one, maybe the setbacks, maybe you recognize, yo, I've gotten myself in this position. I know better. I know I should be doing better. And it's on me for whatever stubbornness that I'm doing. And it's me. And maybe you're frustrated, disappointed in yourself. I understand. I've been there plenty of times. I want you now to shift your weight off of you and onto Christ. Lean on the cross. Lean on him right now. Lord, I pray for every one of us, God, that are experiencing a shaking in our lives. Lord, I pray that in this moment, Holy Spirit, this is now, this is all you can do, and I know you've been doing it through this moment. You've been doing it throughout this whole time. You're getting us, Lord, you're getting us to shift our faith and our confidence to be more grounded in you and who you are and not in our circumstances, not in the world, not in our ability to figure things out. No, Lord, I pray right now, shift our hearts. and In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, shift Shift people from hopelessness to hope right now that is in you. Shift, Lord, them from anxiety to peace right now in the name of Jesus. Shift them, Lord, from loneliness. Shift that right now and shift it towards God, the presence that they may sense and see that your love and your hand has been on them, that you are leading us by the hand. Lord, I pray right now that you may shift those away from shame and regret because in repentance, when we truly repent to you, Lord, there is no condemnation in Christ. There is no regret that is left. There is no more regret that is left. And we just, we bind all those things. We reject it, cancel it in the name of Jesus. Lord, shift now from, shift us, shift those, Lord, from shame to joy to joy that we have in you that you are making available to all right now we're calling on the name of Jesus 
All of us, Lord, even your sons and daughters that are finding ourselves in a form of crisis. God, I thank you that you have not abandoned any one of us who maybe, Lord, who maybe are, are, are scared to admit that we're wondering. I think, I think my God is not who I thought he was. Lord, you know the intent of our hearts. You see those things, and yet you don't look down at us with anything but eyes of love. And I pray in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that the doubt that so many of us are maybe wrestling with, Lord, that there you are. You are wrestling for our attention. You are wrestling for our hope and our faith right there. You give, you are offering, and you, you are, you want us. And I pray that we may surrender right now. And as we're praying, I got one more group. Listen, maybe... There's a, some of us can experience crisis in life or crisis of faith. I want you guys to know if you are not a believer in Christ Jesus, you got your own crisis to deal with. If you don't believe in Christ, you got your own crisis. That if things continue the way they are and you die in your sin, that there is no coming back from that. Now is the time. If you are listening right now, God is being gracious to you. If you are listening and you've been still logged on and watching here today, God is being gracious to you and says, hey, I still love you. And I'm here to show you life. I'm here to give you the very thing what you've been looking for this whole time. It's really been me. It's really been me. And I, he wants and need, you need to put your trust and shift now your faith. Not into this world, but onto him. And so if that's you, I want you to pray right now and just call on that name, that mighty name of Jesus. And pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Listen, some of you guys are praying it. Some of you guys haven't yet. Because maybe you're like, well, I don't know. I haven't figured everything out yet. You don't have to. God will work things out. He will. He will. So just pray right now and he will do that. Just call on Christ. And all of us right now, let us all cling to the cross. Let us all cling to Christ right now. For it is in him that we have our hope. It is in Jesus alone that is the anchor of our souls. That not only are we holding on to him, but he is holding on to us, working in us. And so, Lord, right now in this suspense, in this moment of in-between, Lord, we remember and we praise, God, your way is holy. And our trust and confidence is in Christ alone. In Jesus' name, I pray. And I bless each and every one of you that are here and watching online that God is doing something great in you and I want you to keep leaning on, keep calling on, keep recalling who he is and you see that you will never be the same again and you're glad, you're glad that you have come to encounter this God. I bless you in the name of Jesus. May you come to know the mighty hand of the Lord that is there leading you along the way. May he give you eyes to see his face. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you see as you look up into the eyes of Christ, as he is filling you now with his love and peace and strength, that you may know that all that you need and all that you'll ever have is in him and in him alone. And there is nothing and no one like your God. And may you have peace to know no matter how you change and no matter how the times change, your God will never change. Your God will never fail. And your God will never forget his promises to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And in Jesus' name we praise. Amen. So remember, our confidence in a time of crisis 
is grounded in the timeless character of God. Listen, sometimes you and I, you and I are going to be confused along the way. Sometimes you and I are not going to understand and see the big picture. Sometimes you and I are going to believe in something only to come to the realization that we were mistaken. But it's in those moments, I want you to understand that there is, it's in those moments that you need to recall Calvary. Because what Jesus did on the cross is the anchor. We are grounded in the empty grave. That is what our faith rests on. Paul talked about it. Without the resurrection, there is nothing. Because in Jesus, we just would have been just any random. But he wasn't. He wasn't. He is our redeemer. And in the same way that he has proven that he can be trusted with everything that he's done in the past, we can trust him now in the gaps and the moments. So I want to encourage you, if you have any internal struggles, internal questions, right, the Lord is not offended with your questions. The Lord is not offended with your struggles. In fact, he desires to prove and reveal himself more and more to you. Just keep pressing in. Keep holding on because that's the kind of revolutionary that God is looking for, the kind of individual that God will continue to reveal himself to the more we continue to revolve our lives, revolve our hearts, even revolve our questions around him because our God is faithful and he wants to continually show us and prove that to us. And you know what? To be honest, the cross is proof enough. Lean on that and the Holy Spirit will reveal the rest.